0: Last week we finished up with uh, the the book of First Peter, and so since we're right here in this section, uh, it seems only uh, only appropriate that we just continue on with the, with Peter's second letter. Uh, so, uh, so Second Peter is what we're going to go through here for the next uh, the next few weeks. Remember what we saw with the the, the first letter that Peter wrote is he's writing to a group of churches that were experiencing danger from outside of them. Uh, They were experiencing persecution uh, because of their following and their hoping in Jesus. And Peter, remember, the, the, the continued thing that we kept going back to and that Peter was pointing us to in that letter was to stand firm in the grace of God in the midst of that outside danger. Well, in this letter, as Peter is approaching the end of his life, as it, it, we'll see as we work our way through this letter, he's, he's speaking as he's, he's sure his death is, is close. Uh, instead of uh, using this letter to focus on outside danger, instead, Peter now brings his focus to danger that comes to churches from the inside. Danger that comes not from persecutors, but from false teachers. And Peter, in, instead of calling his people to stand firm in the grace of God. What we're going to see over and over in this letter is Peter's encouragement and pointing the people of God to grow in grace, to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So, this morning, if you would please turn with me to your copy of God's Word. uh, to 2 Peter, uh, chapter 1. This is on page 1018 if you're following along in one of the black Bibles there in your seats. And we're just going to look at the first two verses this morning uh, to try to get uh, a little bit of a feel of uh, some of the the key points and themes that Peter will be emphasizing over the course of this this letter. So please look with me, uh, beginning in verse 1. Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you and the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that what we have is the very word of God, uh, that we're not reading things that are just written by, by men, um, but that, uh, God the Spirit, you have uh, borne these men alone giving them and communicating through them the very Word of God. And we pray now, as your people, the people of God, we would hear the Word of God and be changed by the Word of God. uh, For the glory of Christ, uh, we pray. Amen. Uh, The first uh, thing that we we see, and I hope to draw our attention to, that I I think Peter is emphasizing in these opening verses, is that as we think about uh, the dangers of false teaching, the dangers that false teaching has for churches, the dangers that false teaching has for individuals uh, in God's covenant community is seeing the importance of recognizing the source of teaching and making sure that that source is the Word of God. Notice how Peter emphasizes that here, even in verse 1. Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, now here, a lot of times, maybe you've heard him called Simon Peter. This is just another way of transliterating his, his name over from uh, Hebrew or Aramaic into, into Greek. And so it's the same, uh, same guy. But notice how he refers to himself as a servant and as an apostle. Uh, that language, servant, it, Peter's not emphasizing so much that he serves Jesus uh, as much as he's uh, designating and putting himself in the same kind of category as God's spokespeople from the Old Testament, those who were called servants of the Lord. And here, Peter identifies and designates himself as being a servant of Jesus Christ, just as uh, the servants of the Lord in the Old Testament, guys like Abraham, guys like David, were appointed and placed over uh, as representatives of God's people, and they communicated and spoke in, in, a, uh, in a unique and, and, and recognized authoritative way to God's people. Peter is saying, this is who I am. I have been sent and placed here by God. I am serving him as one of his appointed representatives. He emphasizes that, again, using the second term, apostle. Remember, we, th- we saw this a lot and uh, as we were going through 1 Peter of seeing Peter uh, being designated and appointed by Jesus. Uh, there were many people that followed Christ, but he appointed and designated 12 who were going to speak on his behalf, who were going to speak the words of Jesus, the words of God to the people of God, so that if there came a, a, a confusion or question about what was really true, about what Jesus taught, about who he was, uh, about what God desired for us and, um, and how we were to, to live our lives now that Christ had come. It was going to be these spokespeople, Peter being one of them, these servants, these apostles that pointed us and showed us what the source of the teaching was. Peter is saying, don't listen to it. What I'm giving you is not my words, I am speaking as a representative of Christ, and the words and what I am communicating to you come from our God. You see, the source is important. Uh, Several years ago, um, one of the oldest art galleries in New York, the Nadler Gallery, found themselves in deep controversy because they had been buying uh, abstract expressionist paintings. Think Jackson Pollock and those kind of guys. They've been buying these paintings from this one lady who seemed to have, all of a sudden, over the course of several years, come into just a treasure trove of these this, this artwork. And they would buy them from her for hundreds of thousands of dollars and turn around and sell them for millions. They made $81 million selling these paintings. But what the art director failed to do is find out exactly the source of of these paintings and where they were coming from. Because uh, if, you, if you don't know and understand the source, the danger is that, that fraud can occur. That things that were presented and communicated as being genuine from the artist itself could actually be fake, could be false. And that's ended up what they found out occurred. These paintings were not made by these, uh, these master artists. It was made by a master forger, in New York, who created every single one of these paintings. And due to not comparing them to the originals, not understanding truly and fully the source of this artwork, it resulted in uh, in fraud. It resulted in damage occurring to everyone who bought these paintings. Peter here is saying, church, church, We need to recognize and understand the dangers. We need to recognize and understand the source of the teaching that we are experiencing and hearing. If we encounter anything, our first reaction and response should be to go to the source of true teaching, which Peter is directing us is to the Word of God. And see, is what I'm hearing in my church... Is what I'm reading and hearing online, is what I'm thinking in my own head consistent with God's Word? Because there is only one source of this kind of, of truth, and it is the Word of God. Here, we're not talking just about cults, but think about the prevalency and how easy it is for people to be followed as um. Spiritual guides, religious experts who have authority and are automatically perceived as being sound teachers because they have a blog, because they have a podcast, because they're on YouTube and they have followers. Is, is, is the source of their truth the amount of followers that they have? Is, is, the, is the source of their truth? Because of how catchy it sounds in your ears Or how enjoyable it is to listen to them Or the kind of promises they give you For your life now Or Are you comparing and drawing these things back And going back to the word of God And seeing how is what I am hearing Compared to God's word And if there is a difference Then what I rest on Is the word of God What I rest on is the authoritative teaching that comes from God's prophets, that come from God's apostles, and both of those offices have ended. No one speaks new authoritative messages from God any longer. We have all we need. What are you giving your life to follow? What is shaping your uh, living out your life in the world as you seek to follow our God? Uh, is the, the teaching that you're following, is what we are being exposed to, whether it's uh, the people would, would put themselves off as uh, as uh, religious or spiritual or not. Any teaching or claims that we encounter, are we recognizing and seeing the source and going back and comparing it to the word of God, if not, we are in danger, Peter says. But it's not just the, the, the source that will help us uh, understand and know false teaching from true teaching. Also, what Peter points us as God's people is the importance of recognizing the foundation of the teaching that we are, are, are hearing, that we're feeding upon. Look at how he points us. It's the foundation of true teaching is Jesus. Look back again in verse 1. Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Any teaching that does not point us to Christ, to His righteousness, to his sufficiency, to his perfections, is error. Peter says, "Any teaching that would uh, would masquerade itself as Christian, but does not exalt and point God's people to resting and hoping in nothing and only Jesus, only in His righteousness, only what He has done, not our works, not anything we've performed, not anything we've given." Not anything we've done, but only and totally in Christ. Peter says, you want to be sure that the, the teaching that you're experiencing is true and sound? Then recognize and look at the foundation. Uh, in the news, all through the news this past week, there's been uh, coverage of the Champlain apartment uh, collapse in Miami. Terrible disaster did not happen due to uh, foul play or sabotage. The engineers are continuing to examine this, it looks like the the collapse occurred due to failure in the structure at the lowest levels of this building. And as it sank or as the, the foundational members could not hold up and they collapsed and couldn't bear under the weight, the entire building came down and wrecked countless Lives. You see, if the foundation isn't right, if it's not strong, if it's not sufficient, then everything will crumble. Peter is saying, do we want churches to last? Do we want the, the people of God to grow and expand, to be guarded, to be protected, to live out our, our calling here in this world— Then the foundation of the teaching that we we feast upon, that we learn, that we bring into our minds, into our hearts, into our families, communicate to our, our friends, must be founded on Christ and only Christ. Notice what Peter points us to about him. The righteousness of Jesus. He was perfect. He never sinned. Jesus always did everything that was right. I've heard teaching in our city, in churches here in Elizabeth City, that would question the righteousness and sinlessness of Jesus. If you're basing your church, if you're basing your life, your Christianity, on that foundation, on that kind of Christ, it will crumble. Peter says it must Be And you must hope only in the righteousness of Jesus, the perfect one. And he was no mere man. He was not just a teacher whose philosophy uh, and, uh, and way of life that we follow. Notice what Peter says. By the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus. A clear statement that Jesus was divine. Very God, very man. In contrast to uh, cults in our area that would question the divinity of Jesus. I've been laughed in my face because I stood firm uh, before some Jehovah's Witnesses and communicated my belief that Jesus was God. Are we resting our faith Are we looking and hoping in the truth that Jesus is the righteous one, the divine one who took on flesh? The only way that you and I can be saved is if God would die in our place and he did that very thing. What we deserve because we were not righteous was the just wrath of our God. But the righteous one took on flesh. He entered into our world. He suffered and died on earth our behalf, that we might be made right with God. It all stands or falls on the righteousness of Christ. And Peter is saying the foundation of sound, solid teaching is the is Jesus, his righteousness, his divinity. Uh, recently, over the past 10 years or so, there's been a growing market in people purchasing celebrity hair I didn't really know this existed until Beckett started reading me some facts in this book he had. And uh, the the people pay a lot of money for celebrity hair. Uh, John Lennon, a, a lock of John Lennon's hair went for forty eight thousand dollars. A lock of uh, JFK's hair three thousand dollars. Beethoven's hair seven thousand three hundred dollars. The most Valued hair. Elvis Presley, hundred and fifteen thousand dollars for a lock of Elvis's hair. Now there are people selling one strand of Elvis's hair for fifteen hundred dollars. I couldn't give my hair away. <laughs> but you notice what Peter says here about the value. From from our world's perspective, things have value based on on who possesses it, on who, who whose it is. Elvis's hair is prized, it's valued, it's seen as something that's that's uh, significant because it was Elvis's. Uh, my hair means nothing. I, I do not have equal standing with Elvis in our culture, and neither do you. But notice what Peter says to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours. Peter is saying that the faith that God's people have, that we, you and me, we have equal standing with this apostle. Peter's faith, the preciousness of it, the value of it, the significance of it before his God, has nothing to do with the fact that it's Peter's, That he has it, and that makes it significant. That there's a a JV and an A-team, B-team of the Christian life. But Peter's faith and our faith are equal in standing before our God. Why? Because it's based on the righteousness of Jesus. It's not valuable because it's Peter's faith or that Peter produced it. Your faith is not valuable or precious because you produced it. Notice what Peter says. We have obtained a faith, a faith that has been given to us, granted to us by our sovereign and gracious King Jesus. And the faith that we have is valuable and precious, not because it's ours, but because it has been given to us from one who has more significance, who has more value than the King Elvis Presley himself. It is Jesus. And because he has granted to you your faith, and he has suffered and died on your behalf, you have value, you have standing, you have worth before our God, and he delights in you because of Jesus, Peter would say. Do you compare yourselves to other believers? Do you think that, that, that God must love them more because of how they're living and look upon you with shame? Uh, those who are professional, who are, professional, uh, who are, uh, are missionaries or, 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 or pastors or whatever it might be, that our, our faith is, is better or more valuable than yours? Or do you go to the other side? Do you look down on other people? Thinking that God loves you more or that you have better standing before Him because of your faith in Christ. You look down upon non Christians who don't believe in Jesus and fail to remember that you are only believing in Christ because you have obtained this faith from your gracious and sovereign King Jesus. We should be the humble ones who look and hope in Christ. We should be the confident ones who look and hope in Christ because of what he has done. You see, when, when we get the source wrong, when, when we get the foundation wrong, disaster can occur. We saw that with the, the, the Champlain apartment buildings. The foundation was, was was wrong. There were problems with it. And what did it do? It crumbled and brought disaster. The Nadler Gallery, it had been in existence for 165 years. And because they failed to recognize rightly the source of where they were getting their art, they had to shut down. The whole business closed. Peter is saying here, it's important that we recognize and understand the results. The results of false teaching, we will say, either communicating it or embracing and believing it, Peter will say as we go through the rest of this book, will result in judgment from God. Destruction and hardship of lives. But look here at what Peter says is the result of sound teaching that sources the Word of God. that's foundation is on the person and work of Jesus. Look at what he says. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace again, Peter bringing in some of this Old Testament language and understanding of of the covenant grace and love that God has for His people, of of God's blessing upon His people. It will be multiplied. It will grow. We won't uh, encounter uh, judgment, disaster, as Peter is articulating in the rest of the, 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 the letter. But this grace, our experience, and understanding of our God, and his favor to us in Jesus will grow and expand. What also will be multiplied to us is peace, Peter says. Peace is, this uh, idea isn't um, freedom from, uh, from war or hardship. What he's talking about is, is wholeness and fullness of life that comes only from knowledge of our God, hoping and resting in him. Uh, that these things will be multiplied, that will continue to grow, and God will work them out in our lives as we understand more and more who He is, what we've been created for, and how we live out humanity properly in God's world. All of this is tied to and connected to our understanding of who Christ is, and we understand that from teaching that comes from God's Word and is rooted on the person of Christ. Now, Don't be confused here in thinking if you have a lot of Bible facts in your head, that is what Peter is talking about. There's a lot of people who teach Bible classes at colleges. My Old Testament professor at NC State did not believe in the God of the Bible at all and thought most of it was myth and made up. She had a lot of knowledge. But she didn't have this kind of knowledge that Peter is talking about it's not just head knowledge although our understanding and as God's people we need to grow in our, our, our knowledge and comprehension of his word so that we can go and compare the teaching and things that we're finding and experiencing in this world the attacks of the evil one stuff that's coming on in our own heads or other people's teaching and compare it to God's word that we might know what is true and what is false but also the knowledge that Peter is talking about here is an intimacy, a trust, a clinging, a knowledge that that moves in life change and embracing and depending and hoping only in the God of the Bible and our Savior, Jesus. If We as a church want to continue to have a a fruitful ministry in this community. If we want to see... uh, others come to experience the grace of God and find out where true peace is, then we must together, not just uh, from our, our leadership, although that must happen, but also us as God's people must be those that cling to and are being fed and nourished by only true and sound teaching that has its source in the Word of God its foundation and the purpose and work of Jesus, and recognize the results that flow out of that, of the multiplication of grace and of peace in Christ. Be praying for us. Be praying right now as we move into a time of of training and examination of those who have been nominated for elder and deacon. Uh, the, The men who are elected will play a key role in ensuring that moving forward, You are fed the true word of God. And that our church is grounded on nothing but God's word and the person and work of Christ. Pray that for our denomination. Pray that for every church that calls on Christ in Elizabeth City and around the world. Because if not, our churches will go the way of the Champlain Apartment Building and the Nadler Gallery. And some of these churches that we read about in the New Testament, who later strayed away from the truth of Scriptures, they don't exist anymore. But God continues to work and move in His church, growing and sustaining His people, and it's through His Word. May we be those who hope in our God and hope in the truth of the Gospel of Jesus. Let's pray. Christ, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you for your life, your death, your resurrection for us. Uh, We pray that you would help us to be more and more discerning, uh, to crave and know uh, good and sound teaching, and to know when something is off, when it's bad, when it's soured, when there's danger in it. Not for our sake. We don't want uh, an organization just to exist. We want the glory and the message of Christ to go forth. And we want to participate in that as your people. Please uh, continue to work in us and all of your churches, we pray. In your name, amen.